inside word on all things business in the capital. Tuesday Business with Quinovic. Better systems, better reporting, better call. Quinovic. 0800 Quinovic. Tuesday Business Time. New Zealand Herald and Wellington Business Editor Janae Tiptraney joins me. Good morning, Janae. Good day, Nick. How are you? Great. How was your weekend? Uh, it was pretty good, thank you. Got out and about a bit. How about you? Yeah, no, I worked. I worked hard. I, I emptied out a storeroom, which I've been meaning to do for many days, so it's great. Reserve oh, Bank right. Governor Adrian Orr spoke at a Council of Trades Union event this morning. That would have been interesting. What do you have to say? It was, actually. So the Council um, of Trade Unions released a, an economic strategy, or it released a report with some of its ideas for what the economy needs, and Adrian Orr was a guest speaker. So uh, this was interesting because next week the Reserve Bank is reviewing its monetary policy settings. It's expected to lift the OCR by another 50 points to 3.5%. Everyone was probably interested in what Adrian Orr's tone was, and in, in my humble opinion, it, it was it was quite similar to what it's been um, in recent weeks. So he he said that. Uh, he said that um, what he believes the Reserve, what, what the Reserve Bank is doing, he believes will work in curbing inflation. Um, he said that it is more work to do in terms of it, it needs to lift interest rates more to, to keep uh, putting downward pressure on inflation. But he said, and, and I'll quote this, he said, but the good news is because we've done so much already, the tightening cycle is very mature. It's well advanced. So um, people can, can read what they like into that, but it sounds like he's saying that the that, that peak of in terms of where the OCR might get to is is in sight, and that that aligns with what he said in the past. He doesn't seem to me as a convivial public speaker. Is he a good public speaker? Does he give you confidence? He's he speaks in a way that's really easy to relate to. He's easy to understand. I think some of his predecessors spoke in sort of higher English and spoke in a way that was more confusing. He's quite easy for the layperson to understand. But I think some um, people who trade in financial markets maybe think that some of the messaging can be a bit unclear, um, you know, where he might say one thing and then say another thing and, and they might read two different messages into that. So that, that can, be, um, can be problematic. I think it depends on, on who he's speaking to. He speaks well to lay people, but, but I have heard complaints from financial people. Okay. So he thinks that – I don't want to put words in his mouth, but you, you sort of gave me the feeling that he might have – given you the idea that he's that, that it's peaked or getting close to peaking? Well, it's, it's, it, he said it hasn't peaked, but he said it, they've got more to do. But, they, but he said that he thinks the tightening cycle is very mature. So uh, uh, <laughs> those were his words, and I think people can read into that as they like. But the OCR is currently at 3%. The Reserve Bank in August forecast it peaking at 4%. Um, but since then, some economists think it'll, it'll peak at a higher level than, than 4%. So, so we'll wait and see. I thought his tone today was very similar to what it was a few weeks ago when I, or about a month ago when I talked to him. Yeah, this kind of, I wish people would just come out and say it. You know, he's got the control at his fingertips. Why doesn't he just come out and say, look, you know, we're it's mature, but I think there's a little bit more to go or just give us a little bit of a hint of what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, the, the environment is very dynamic and in terms of um, central bankers are just keeping an eye on data as it rolls through like a lot of the data we have is, is you know, a bit older. So, for example, um, it, it takes a while for the economic data to come through, and then they have to look forward 
uh, to see what they think will happen you know, in the future because it takes time for these interest rate changes to, to filter through the economy. I might actually just point out, he also comment on, commented on the dollar. So our New Zealand dollar, is, as people might know, is currently very low against the US. It's 56.3 US cents this morning. Um, he explained that and said, look, it's because the interest rates are going up so much in the US uh, which means people, investors are seeking higher yields. So money is flowing uh, towards the U.S. currencies. And the New Zealand dollar is weak against the U.S. But he said, you know, it's like that for a number of other currencies as well. That is particularly low, though, isn't it? 56 yeah. cents in the dollar. Gosh, I can't even remember it being that low myself. Yeah, I know. It's, um, yep, pretty pretty major. And um, But Adrian Orr did contextualise that, I guess, against other countries yes. as well. Okay, yeah. government, a government document has revealed Inland Revenue and Treasury opposed the government's decision to give owners of build-to-rent housing a tax break. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in uh, early 2021, the government introduced a new uh, tax rule uh, called interest, um, an interest limitation rule. This means if you're a property investor, um, you can no longer deduct interest as an expense when you pay tax. So this means you effectively have to pay more tax. Uh, But the government created a carve-out for uh, new builds uh, because it didn't want to disincentivise investment in new buildings. So it said that actually if you build a place, you're an investor for the first 20 years of that property, you can keep deducting interest as an expense. But then uh, investors that do build-to-rent, so they um, build properties specifically to rent them, and the idea is to have longer tenures for those, those properties, uh, they said, look, this is unfair because we need more rentals. Can you create a carve-out for us? So they lobbied the government hard, and the government uh, sort of you know, listened to what they said, and in August it said, okay, that's okay. If you're billed to rent, you can get an exemption. So if you're a regular investor, like your mum and dad investor, you can't deduct interest as an expense, but if you're a massive company that does build to rent, you can deduct interest as an expense. Uh, the IRD and the Treasury didn't like this. Uh, this is what this document reveals. They believed it was unfair. And also Treasury said, look, these big companies that do build to rent, they're fine. They don't need more financial support. They're doing just fine. Um, and the IRD said also it's unfair because, as I said before, if you're a massive company that does these uh, types of uh, buildings, why? You're getting favourable tax treatment over, over your mum and dad investor. Why do you think that they'd even think that it was fair? Maybe they just think that they can produce more numbers than the mum and dad investor, like 100 at a time rather than one or two at a time. Do you think that could be it? Yeah, that's definitely it. So build, the build to rent is defined. It's got a definition for what it is. And one of the defining features of build to rent is that you have to have a number of units, so more than 20. Um, and also you have to actually offer... Um, your tenants uh, an agreement of, of 10 years. So, so that's a long time. And they, the tenants can, can say, no, we want, we want a shorter um, tenancy agreement, but the offer needs to be there for 10 years. So the government wants uh, to incentivise developers to build large-scale properties, uh, ideal for renters, and give renters that sort of certainty um, and safety, which... I think there's probably a strong argument there too. So that's what Megan Woods, the housing minister, is really keen on. And also the um, Housing and Urban Development Ministry, they supported a carve-out um, because they think that we need to incentivise more build-to-rent. So just so I've got it in my mind, and our listeners have, the build-to-rent housing tax break is only if you do it, uh, 
20, was it you said, or, or more? Yeah. 20, 20 places in one go, and you secure leases or give them leases for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. So sure. they can. Hell yeah, of, not too much of a disadvantage, is it? Yeah. I mean, that's a. Yeah, exactly. So I think these sorts of um, models are quite common overseas. We don't really see them in New Zealand, but it's something the government wants to push because, you know, as you know, so many people are just never going to be able to afford to buy a house. So the horse is bolted in some respects in that area. So the second best thing is is give people security around um, where they live. Any other anything else coming up, Janae? Uh, well, what else is coming up? We've got uh, the National Party today is um, is launching a campaign against the income insurance scheme. This is one we've talked about a wee bit. The government is um, looking to implement. So that's something I'm. I'm keeping an eye on. I think that's actually really important. This is a scheme whereby uh, we'll all have to pay levies into a scheme, but then if we lose our job due to redundancy or illness, uh, we'll get uh, you know pretty good payout as a proportion of our incomes but before we drop into the normal welfare system. I think debate around that is really going to ramp up because it's a really significant um, initiative proposed by the government. Yeah, one that I'm not really sure of or confident of myself personally, and I'd, um, yeah, I'm hoping that there'll be a little bit more discussion before that goes through. Janae, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Janae Tip Cheney is New Zealand Herald Wellington business editor, and she joins us Tuesday business every with Tuesday. Quinovic, providing a better rental experience for all. Call 0800 Quinovic.